0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, May twenty fourth. U.S. equity futures are trading higher, so the S and P Dow are both up about forty to forty five basis points. The Nasdaq is up about sixty basis points. So you have outperformance in tech this morning. Um, that works out on a point basis. S and P futures are up about twenty points. Dow futures are up about one hundred and forty six points, and the Nasdaq futures are up about eighty basis points. So mild outperformance. In tech, but you have all the U.S. equity futures indices trading higher. The major European indices are trading about unchanged overall. You're seeing mild underperformance in cyclical. So you have banks and basic resources off about 20 to 25 basis points. In Europe, tech is up about 50 basis points. And Asia was mixed overnight. You had Japan and mainland China trade higher while Hong Kong and Korea traded in the red. So a few moving pieces this morning. Um, I think on the inflation front, there was some mildly positive news. So you have China coming out again and warning the commodity in uh, its commodity industry um, against price increases. So they summoned the heads of a lot of the major mining firms talking about again. This is something they've been doing for a couple of weeks just warning about how they have quote unquote zero tolerance. For any types of violation, any types of speculative price action. Um, so I think that had iron ore off about 5% this morning. And that, again, usually iron ore prices are correlated to positive sentiment as it's viewed as to be an, uh, an indicator of underlying economic demand. I think in the present environment where inflation um, is such a source of anxiety, lower iron ore prices if, are, are viewed as a positive. So I think that's certainly helping um, sentiment this morning. There was an article on Bloomberg just talking about the um, U.S. fiscal stimulus talk. So you had the White House come out on Friday and cut its um, fiscal stimulus number um, as they continue to hold bipartisan negotiations. There's still about a trillion dollar plus gap between the White House and this group of Senate Republicans that the White House is negotiating with. That group of Republicans overwhelmingly rejected the new White House proposal. I don't think that's terribly shocking Um you know, So it looks like over the coming days and weeks, you're going to see the White House and Democrats in general pivot back to a partisan reconciliation path um, as they proceed to try to uh, pass Biden's um, Family and Jobs Acts. I think, though, the bigger issue is that within the Democratic Party, you don't have the votes to pass material tax increases. And I think you know, that's been relatively apparent for a couple of weeks, but it's becoming more apparent now. Bloomer just had a big article this morning talking about how the math for um, within the Democrats, even if they're going to pursue a reconciliation track, um, it's going to be very difficult for Biden to increase rates materially. So I think that's another positive this morning. Um, one small negative, you know, a subset of Biden's tax agenda is this global minimum tax. So the White House came out last week and lowered um, its global minimum tax proposal from 21% to 15%. That received a lot of backing in Europe. So you are seeing some momentum build for this global minimum tax. The FT had an article saying how there could be a an agreement among the G7 groups of countries as soon as this Friday. So the G7... Um, you, know, you need much more than the G7 and, and an agreement among those countries is not binding. So um, you know, the, the bigger ask is going to be getting the full G20 and the OECD to agree on some type of a global minimum tax construct and then have that pass Congress. So I still think that those two obstacles are insurmountable at this point in time. I think this is still too complex an idea. Like Paul Ryan's um, border adjustment taxes to kind of become a reality, but there is some momentum building for it. Um, So that's the global minimum tax. But the overall Biden tax agenda, I think it's safe to say the risk of large tax increases continues to fall. And that's obviously um, encouraging for markets. Um, Those are kind of the bigger macro themes for this morning. Otherwise, it's kind of just a lot of um, more of the same in in terms of the, the major narratives around COVID, monetary policy, um, and economic growth. On the monetary policy front, you are now, again, this this whole concept of when will the Fed start to talk about, have the conversation around tapering, that's really begun. So you had the minutes last week revealed that there is a conversation occurring at the Fed about if economic data were to continue along the present path, it would be reasonable to start telling markets that tapering... Um, is certainly a possibility. You know, stocks took the news in stride last week. And I think the fact that stocks absorbed the tapering news very well, along with the Bitcoin volatility very well. Um, you know, I think that is certainly encouraging for the Bulls. I would say that the risk of a taper tantrum had been probably the single largest macro concern for a lot of investors. Um, and so you again, you have had the Fed start down the road towards tapering. You haven't had a lot of the, you know, you haven't had someone like a Powell or a Clarita come out. And explicitly state that, you know, the Fed anticipates achieving um you know significant progress by the end of the year, but you are seeing the conversation begin and stocks are are holding in relatively well despite that. So that's certainly um, you know, that certainly is encouraging. You have seen the market, though, the SP really hasn't moved in about over a month at this point in time. It's it's you know, you have seen intraday volatility, um, but over the course of several weeks, it hasn't made much progress. And I think that's just a function of, you know, there are a lot of inflection points underway at this point in time. Um, You know, monetary policy is a big one. You have, you know, the world is entering a period of tapering. It's going to be a very gradual taper of the pandemic era policy. But, you know, certainly you're seeing the monetary policy tide shift um, in a more hawkish direction. Still Still enormously accommodative on an absolute basis, but it certainly is kind of um, you are seeing the accommodation dial back from from its peak level. So that's that's one inflection point. Um, you know, the, on, on COVID and the pandemic, then this has been the case in the US for several weeks, you know, in the mind of the market, the pandemic is over. So the headlines about reopening, about um, progress on vaccination numbers, et cetera, that doesn't have as much influence on sentiment as it did, just because the market already is kind of in a post-pandemic mindset. Um, and there are several other inflection points as well. And I think as the market kind of grapples with these inflection points, um, that's what's causing some of the choppy price action. Um, but I think you know again, bulls should be encouraged that the market's absorbing all this very well um, and, and moving sideways rather than kind of um, suffer a sustained sell-off. So that's kind of the broader um, macro. Backdrop: No major micro headlines. You know, a lot of AT&T talk was on the cover of Barrons, defending the stock. You had a lot of insider buying the hit to tape after the Friday close. Um, that's still going to be an enormously controversial stock. Other than that, there's not really too much else on the micro front that's super interesting. Um, on the calendar for today specifically, there's really not much. You do have a lot of Fed speakers. You do have a Coinbase conference that kicks off this week this has been scheduled so it's not you know in response to the recent cryptocurrency volatility but obviously given the huge volatility in cryptocurrencies you had Bitcoin off 13% yesterday it's rallying back today about eight percent um, you know it's been up or down nearly 10 percent um, for the last several sessions so the huge volatility in cryptocurrency um, this coinbase conference will be in focus you're gonna have Lale Brainerd the Fed governor will be speaking at that conference today. So obviously, any more commentary from the Fed about how they're approaching cryptocurrencies in general. Um, you know, Powell came out last week and confirmed that the Fed is continuing to study um, the idea of a uh, you know a Fed digital currency of some sort. China is leading the world in terms of its central bank rolling out a cryptocurrency. And obviously, China last week um, you know reiterated that it is it is banning. You know Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in terms of trading, mining, um, and and as a use of payments. So that's going to be the big highlight for today. Otherwise, just looking out on the course of the rest of the week. On a macro basis, it's really the April PCE this Friday. That's kind of the big macro event. That's at least on the calendar. Um, You have the CEOs from all the big U.S. banks will be testifying on Wednesday and Thursday from the Senate and House, respectively. I don't think it's going to be terribly important for those stocks. The sell side conference season is getting busier now as earnings kind of winds down so you have JP Morgan's tech conference, UBS healthcare and a few others this week um, and you're going to see the sell side conference schedule will get a lot busier over uh, you know the coming weeks um, you know the white house has said that it will continue bipartisan negotiations until memorial day so you you know Possibly this week is the last week that the White House and Senate Republicans will engage in talks. I don't think you're going to see the White House come out and definitively cut off those negotiations, but you will see Democrats shift more towards a partisan track. Um, But again, the math in the Senate, um, it's going to be very difficult to get large tax hikes through. And then you have a lot more April end earnings reports this week. Um, You know, just some of the big ones include uh, Intuit, Toll Brothers, Urban Outfitters. Dick Sporting Goods, NVIDIA, Snowflake Workday, Best Buy, Medtronic, Autodesk, um, Salesforce.com, Dell, HPQ, Gap, uh, VMware, and a lot of others. I have um, previews for all of that in the Vital Catalyst pitch, which I sent around on Friday. So that is everything for today. There's a lot more in all the pieces to look at. Um, Be sure to check out the uh, Vital Catalyst Watch, the Vital Talking Points, and then the Bulber Spare piece that I sent around on Thursday. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.